0: All right, we're going. We're live. We, we need are like, live. We need like a little pre thing, like Kevin has with a little like, you know, songs. No, what they wrestler do? Team... Spear. He gets gorgeous. Right, go he kind
1: of just stole that one though. So.
0: Oh, was that from somebody else? What is that one?
1: No, I think that's from like Raw, from like. Uh, oh, is it? The 2009 through 2016
0: intro. I didn't know that. So. Every time he, I see it, it, I'm well. like,
1: oh, that looks. Yeah, it looks good, though. All
0: right. But yeah, here we are. This is the real
1: podcast to listen to. What's up? I am the Macho Fan, Sandy Ravage. I'm Heel
0: Hugs. And And we we
1: are... (laughs) The keepers of the kayfabe. (laughs) That is right. Keepers of the kayfabe. Whether whether it's real or fake, we will keep the kayfabe. Oh,
0: that's right. I feel like we should call our people the kayfabians. But I feel like that's too long. I I don't know.
1: And Kip Fabian might steal it from us. Yeah. Or Kip Fabian, Kip Sabian.
0: Kip, there you go. Hey, that could be like our mascot is Kip Fabian. It's like a Kip Sabian knockoff. There we go. Penelope, <laughs> we might even be able to get Penelope Ford on the podcast then.
1: No, we get Penelope Dodge.
0: <laughs> there we go. Penelope Chevy. Um. <laughs> well, well, we're not going that low. <laughs> <saying a> <laughs> Damn. Situation. Not, a, not a sponsor. Never will be a sponsor. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> uh, episode one, Meet the Keepers. This is kind of our chance to uh, figure this out. You know, we've always wanted to do a podcast. we talked about it for a while, and uh, this is going to be fun. So kind of explain how we became wrestling fans or whatever we want to talk about. This is our podcast. Yeah. We just yeah, do
1: exactly. it. Exactly. And we're two diehard fans, and so it's something that fans can just be fans about.
0: That's right. right? We're going to fanboy. So,
1: uh, hugs. Exactly. We're fanboys, the macho fanboys, right? That's right.
0: I'm in the <laughs> Macho Fan Club. So hugs,
1: there we go. Hey, hey, Macho Fan Club is still tugging along, very, very, very slowly. But hugs. Uh, what got you into wrestling?
0: Uh, it's kind of a hard question because it's a uh, there's a lot to it. So when I was a kid, I grew up a wrestling in a wrestling household. I didn't necessarily grow up a fan. My dad was a fan of wrestling. Uh, used to go to shows and stuff when he was a kid. So it was something that was just always on TV, or he would you know be watching it, talking about it, mention it. And I actually talked about this on TikTok in a video I did about my earliest memory of wrestling. I wasn't necessarily even a fan. I just remember seeing the Macho Man Randy Savage on TV and like going and watching it with my dad, and I thought. He was like the coolest, most outlandish person with like these crazy, multicolored tassels and stuff hanging wow. off them, and it was just like a sight Ooh, yeah. to behold. Yeah, but I didn't become a fan until much later. Like, what is your first memory of wrestling?
1: My first memory, uh, I I, uh, I made a video about this too because you you brought this out to a TikTok world and actually it brought out some really good memories because. Uh, my very first memory of was Kane versus The Undertaker at uh, WrestleMania '98. I want to say, I think WrestleMania '17. Uh, when you say that,
0: WrestleMania '98, it makes me think like, damn, we're in the future. <laughs> like, we're, we're that's, so that's, so far that's what in the makes me realize, like,
1: yeah. And Vince will still probably be in charge then, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think it was WrestleMania '17, uh, and it was just the fact that I was at this party. And my dad's for my dad's co-worker. And that's what they were. They were huge. Like like your family kind of were like just watched mm-hmm. wrestling ever since they were kids. And there was a couple kids my age there. And they were just so into this. And they explained to me the whole Undertaker storyline. And the fact that he was fighting his brother who he threw into a fire when he was a kid. And I was just like, no way. And I just was sold into that storyline. And seeing these two Goliaths just go at it. I didn't believe these people existed in the world. Yeah. And then growing into it like it wasn't until maybe about a couple years later uh i'm the very first memory of watching raw consistently i remember is the eddie guerrero and china storyline because one of my thing is like there's no way that big old woman was with that little guy like there's no way i believe that but i believed it it was like because you have to go with it and it's just, it just sold to me
0: That storyline was such a great storyline, too. And also, that reminds me of some of my earliest memories as a fan because uh, little known, like trivia of me, I guess, one of my first favorite wrestlers is someone you probably wouldn't think of Dean Malenko. And Dean Malenko also had that like triangle with Eddie Guerrero and China and all that, like the lover's quarrel Mm -hmm. thing. But I I just remember I got into WCW before I got into WWF at the time. And I remember watching Dean Malenko matches and thinking, like, he's a tiny dude. Like, he's such a tiny yeah. dude but he could just twist people and like that Texas Cloverleaf, just looked like such a cool finisher. And like, I think him and uh, Six at the time had a, uh, had a feud going on and it, they were talking about like his dad had trained them and it was like this crazy thing about like honor and respect and all this. And like, I was so into the NWO and it just pulled me in. I remember being in uh, elementary school and writing for the newspaper. It was my fifth grade year and we had like a class newspaper it was your assignment you had to write like an article and I think it was I wrote about like uncensored 97 or something like I wrote about this WCW paper and my best friend at the time wrote the WWF article because it was supposed to be one of us but we fought over it and they let us write about each company and uh, that's how I became a WWF fan Though was through him and he was like you gotta turn on Raw you gotta turn on Raw and I think that was like the losing my smile promo by Shawn Michaels or something like that
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so mm-hmm. yeah, you came in at a good time for that one, too. The, uh, you were saying earlier, too, that you were able to go to matches as a kid. What, what was your first memory of going to a live event?
0: A big show. Well, the giant. So I had gotten a... Um, my grandmother bought me tickets to a live event. And I remember going, and I'm from Chicago, so WCW ran the United Center, and WWF used to run Rosemont Horizon, which is now Allstate. And the United Center is just this crazy place. You got like the, the Michael Jordan statue up front. Like it was just a whole experience for me going there for the first time. And I get inside there and I remember seeing the giant, like the big show, if, if you don't know. But I remember seeing right. Yeah. And I remember seeing him and it was like one of those things. And, and I think about it now when I see like Kali or like watching back and seeing Andre. It's so different seeing it on TV then being there and be like, wow, like this dude's like a hundred feet tall. You know what I mean? Like, it was such a cool experience. Yeah,
1: actually weigh 500 pounds and you can actually see that. Funny uh, funny, uh, thing about the Big Show, he, when I lived in Oklahoma, there was uh, he played college at Southern Kansas State or uh, Mm -hmm. like a Southern Kansas school. And that was like, we're right near the Kansas border. And the college we played at has like a poster of him, oh, that's awesome. like dunking on that, uh, dunking on their own school. It's like, yeah, we, that's awesome. Dunking on our campus, but he's he's the big show, so or Andre or the, the, not Andre, the giant. The WCW. giant yeah. yeah, there's only really one giant. and He is Andre. Let's be real.
0: <laughs> the only things I, I remember, it. we're keeping the kayfabe. That's right. Well, actually, the Kfabe would be that he's the son of Andre. If you remember um... way back. They used to like try to pitch that the giant was the son of Andre the Giant.
1: Man, could you imagine if like Vince tried to go through that though? Like they probably would have got over too, like was, uh, Jason Jordan awesome. did.
0: Yeah, Kurt, that Kurt Angle story. What did you? Well, we'll get into that at a later time, but I do want to know what you think of that. <laughs> yeah. But talking about that first show, honestly. That's like the only thing I remember is seeing the giant there. That, and there was a radio host, like a local Chicago radio host. He was there and I thought that was cool. But like thinking back, that's realistically my main memory from that show is seeing the giant and just being in amazement. I was like 11. So it was like everything mm-hmm. to me. I was like 10 or 11. What was your- I remember and, my- I was just going what was your show, first uh,
1: <laughs> It was an indie event in Oklahoma. Uh, we okay. saw the red, I saw the red rooster, which- I didn't know, like, anything. Apparently, he was, like, a big in the indie scenes for a long time. Um, and I just hear about him more recently than I did as a kid. Uh, but uh, I, the one thing I remember is the crowd was booing him. And it was my first wrestling event. Like, I just got literally was watching wrestling on a night, on a weekly basis. And so I kind of got the fact that I was, like, maybe the same 10 or 12 um, in that age gap. And I just remember everyone was booing him, and so I like, he's going around trying to shake everyone's hand. No one's shaking his hand, and we're sitting kind of front row because at an indie show everyone sits front row. And so I stuck my hand out. He came over to give me a high five, and I just go. Phew. Oh my the whole God. crowd cheered me and just booed him, and then like <laughs> he kept coming around, like just playing to that character. And I just remember like just being so interactive. And that's one of the reasons I'm so in love with wrestling so much. It's just because of the crowd interactions. Uh, I've always kind of been like a theater kid growing up, and so being a wrestler is being a live theater every night. Like you're performing. It's not. Yes, it's in front of the millions and millions <laughs> and on camera. Millions. It is not. It's meant for the people in the audience, and there's only eight to twelve thousand people, unless you're in Stone Cold Heyday with twenty to
0: seventy
1: thousand but it's just, they add a different element. And when I was there experiencing that, like you feel good. Like, you know, like, you know, you're, you're just part of a crowd and you get to cheer and it's like, you're part of the show.
0: That's definitely a huge part of it. And I mean, you don't honestly, it's a hit or miss because sometimes you don't realize it because the audiences are either gone or dwindling now, like due to, you know, the state of the world, as In people say. Yeah. Um, but like the, Having those minimal wrestlers there, like the PC performers and stuff like that, it did really change how Raw feels, how SmackDown feels, you know? Um, and I liked how AEW does their crowd, honestly, even better than WWE, just because of mm-hmm. the, the way that they interact is different. Um, but I feel like the PC audience is getting better, like the PC performers have gotten more into it. Because at first it felt very scripted. It felt like this is what we cheer. This is when we boot. Like it was very like generic. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Um, but it has definitely gotten better over time. <laughs> Random. Yeah, well, especially about the AEW because
1: they've been. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, the crowd. It's the interaction that's the that drives the storylines. Like we see in mm-hmm. AEW, like they've used the crowd interactions to make matches later on. Like yeah. we see Jericho versus uh, Pineapple Pete. And like yeah. all these stuff that happen just because of crowd interactions. And so mm-hmm. they're keeping that alive. And so that's what, that's, you know, it makes it enjoyable. I do believe AEW is winning in that regard. They might I'm, not be pulling the numbers anymore.
0: I'm trying to think, it's in the demo that matters. I'm not even going to get into that argument, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I'm trying to think of the greatest crowd reaction I've ever heard live. Like, have you been to a lot of shows live or like.
1: I have not because, well, the few times that they actually come around to Southern California is during the big shows and so generally they sell out pretty quickly and Um, so I haven't been they were they were supposed to come in May or June of this upcoming year and I was getting tickets and then they shut it down because of the COVID mm, stuff and so mm. I'm like oh like the one live show I was going to go to in probably been years now because the only other live show I've been to was uh, I the only reason it's a it was Kurt Angle, I believe Jeff Hardy had the intercontinental ch- title at the time because the only reason I kind of remember that I was about 14 or 15. I remember having a sign, and the week before was the match where I believe it was The Rock or Cena pulled down Kurt Angle's pants and he was wearing a thong and a and a small boy pack and a small boy. And so, yeah. like, they pulled his pants, and I had a sign that said, Kurt, nice thong. That, that was like a 14 year old boy just holding up a sign, just hoping it would get seen. And That's my awesome. brother was a Jeff Hardy fan. So he had like a Jeff Hardy with the Intercontinental Champion or the Hardcore Championship. It was one of those championships he was holding at the time. That's and, awesome. Um, I didn't really go to much of the live shows. And so like, it's, I missed that though, because I've always listened to the crowd. And I'm always the ones like, what are they chanting here? And especially now with Twitter. I'll sometimes, like especially when they go overseas, I have to be on Twitter and be like, okay, what are they chanting? Like, what is <laughs> what is this song they're singing? Like, I don't know what these words are.
0: For sure. I mean, I've been pretty lucky. I've been to a few events, but not like a lot of events. But the, the events that I've been to were like very overwhelming almost with the audience because like being from a chicago audience like chicago is one of those hot crowd towns like that's just how it is and i remember i went to my very first pay-per-view i went to for wwe was wrestlemania 22 in chicago john cena versus triple h dude and you would have thought there, like if you remember the rvd cena match like everybody's like if cena wins we buy it there was gonna be a riot, dude. Like the building was rumbling. I've never felt that in my life before. The entire building just uh, felt like it was shaking to the foundation.
1: That is amazing. That's those are the moments that you live for. Uh one of my favorite crowd reactions I've ever seen on TV live was the Monday after uh when Undertaker when Roman beat Undertaker and we all thought Undertaker mm-hmm. retired. And then yeah. Roman came out to the ring, and he just stood there. And yeah. the whole crowd was just, F you, Roman. And then Roman, like, they just booed him for, like, seven minutes straight. And yeah. he just like, it's my yard now. And then dropped the mic. Like, oh, like, he, that like those are the moments.
0: He handled that so well, too. He really did. Like, he just let the moment, like, it. sink in. Yeah. That was super they good. They were like a
1: fully well-done cow, and he, he got every ounce <laughs> of milk out of that. Man, mm-hmm. I, I was sitting there. I literally called down the hall. I was like, "You won't. Believe, you turn it to the channel. Like, we don't believe what's happening right now. They're cursing on live TV. The crowd is. Ta- it reminds me of those moments when Austin would take over, or when CM Punk would kind of shut the show down. Like, yeah, it just was pandemonium, and it just, it just. Mm. You can eat it with a <laughs> spoon. It, it was so good. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: What, um, it's Exactly. So, what made you want to get into making wrestling content?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I honestly don't even remember anymore. That's a really good <laughs> question. Uh, I know we kind of talked about this the other day, and I'm trying to think back. It's like I had, I was on TikTok and that, like, uh, just looking at videos and, I started seeing that there was a wrestling community out there. Uh, I remember seeing like Chelsea Weyand or Wyand. Uh, I remember seeing her content, kind of one of the first ones because she had all the belts and she would like show and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I started following more and more people and getting in their community and seeing that other people watched because uh, honestly, like in my community, I knew, I know one other person who I used to work with that kind of watched. And that was my vice I can talk wrestling with. and. Even then he was like my manager at work and so like you know, we couldn't talk all the time because he was doing managerial duties. Now that I've been uh, not working as much, it's just like I don't have no one to talk to. So it's just like I'm I'm gonna start making the video. And it'd be I just it was the cosplay videos that I was like, you know what? I've seen all these people doing I'm being this person and I'm gonna be this and like the character Lou Nonsense was one of the main ones that was doing the character standoffs and I was like, I'm gonna start doing that. And then honestly, like it was like overnight. It just started hitting. People started viewing, viewing, viewing. I was like, "Oh wow!" Like people people talking, look about this. (laughs) I got, I got friends like overnight. It was like there's like 300 friends I have now, and now it's it's grown just so to a point where it, it feels like it's natural. It feels like it's literally like something I should be doing.
0: Well, and you are a pillar of the community. I mean, congrats on all your success. It's obviously, you know, something that's worked really well for you because when you mention anybody, uh, when you talk to anybody in the community, you mention like who are your favorite creators. You're normally at the very top of the list of anybody I've asked. Um, personally, one of my favorite creators, one of the inspirations for why I create content on TikTok. So thank you for that. With, without you creating content, we wouldn't be here right now.
1: Uh, yeah, well thank you because it still blows my mind that it's grown to this because I feel I feel like just a normal person and I, I that's the greatness about it like we're all just great fans and the best part about the WWE universe and AEW universe now is we can all get along and it's just it makes this fun and it makes us something that we want to talk about. It's cool again. Wrestling is cool again.
0: Huh? <laughs> no matter how much people say it's not I made a I made a video <laughs> about this. And I don't want to have to get into the whole Austin Theory thing, but it was Austin Theory, Murphy, and Rollins, like right when they were getting together and doing their whole thing. And I was like, man, this is going to be one of those moments where people are talking about when wrestling started getting great again, because the storylines are getting better as much as the booking is still never as, as good as you want it to be. It's it's always going to be different than what you expect. You know what I'm saying? Or what, yes. what you wish it was. Um, but I just look at groups like that, and I'm like, man, is this the next evolution? Is this the next group that we're going to look at? And is Buddy Murphy going to be the next you know, version of Randy Orton? Because he has all the, the possibility in the world. I, I thought Austin Theory would also be a huge star, but I don't even know if he exists yeah. anymore, if he's getting Thanos out of the company or not. Um he's now
1: just a theory.
0: Exactly, <laughs> That's good. Um, but it's like I see some of these stars, and I'm like, who who is the next – john cena because for a long time people were like who's the next austin who's the next rock you know before that who's gonna be the next hogan and i'm sitting here and i'm like cena kind of snuck up on us like cena just yeah. became the biggest star and they're like oh man like one day you just wake up and you're like wow yeah like holy crap he's the biggest star in the world right now you know it's who's gonna be that cena next had guy? the
1: charisma see that's the pro- i don't know if we know that person in there yet um yeah. someone everyone says uh um why can't I think of his name? Street Profits. Uh, Montez? Not the end. Montez Ford. People say, because, yeah. and I see it too, if Montez Ford has a singles run, he has that charisma yeah, that is. will get the crowd over. I love it. The person that's the kind of the most right now, I'd say kind of is Otis and uh, like maybe Braun. Did,
0: did you say sad to say?
1: No, not sad to say, but it's just like uh, sad to say, because like, you say, like, John Cena, is like, yeah, yeah. it's Otis, because Otis is like yeah, a joke character right now. Uh, Cena Otis was a joke character. That Brian... Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the uh, Doctor of Thugonomics. Yeah. Like, Otis has the chance to be Cena and Daniel Bryan combined
0: exactly i i'm a huge otis fan it's gonna be like uh we have a friend kevin that runs his podcast as well and, like he always hates orange cassidy like i love orange cassidy i love otis i love all these comedy characters like that's my yeah. lane dude thugonomics john cena absolutely my lane dude like i'm all about let's that. go yep.
1: i got the the ch- word life chain right here i got my yeah, spinner right there, belt there. <sighs>
0: There you go. <laughs> word life. That's right. And it's actually at my, my John Cena word life dude right there. You can't really see him, but at my, my Thugonomics uh, Funko Pop. Um, there you go. But I look at it and I'm like, you know, Cena, when he came out with Ruthless Aggression and like hit Kurt, nobody thought he was going to become what he is. Nobody thought Rocky Mayavi was going to be <laughs> the rock, you know what the I mean? The rock. Yeah. the
1: highest paid actor mm-hmm. in the history right now like that's man crazy. you can't put that guy's name on a billboard without going globally billions
0: exactly it's
1: insane and oh, yeah oh. the fact that they grew to this level
0: <laughs>
1: and so um, <laughs> yeah sorry the no, door just... was open right there I had to fix it oh um, yeah it's done
0: um, i say stu- same thing with stunning steve that. dude stunning steve austin turning into the rattlesnake. Or
1: Hunter Hearst Helmsley. No. I read an article today. Vince McMahon is – hes the Triple H is the one that's next in line to take it over.
0: Oh, so, that's like confirmed? Hunter
1: Hearst, it, it's loosely confirmed. We can't trust all these sources nowadays. But it is something that it has been talked about, and Shane and Stephanie are kind of okay with it from what it seems like. like yeah. I know it's well-deserved. I don't think – I think Stephanie will always be involved. I think Shane's happy being where he's at in just a producer role hanging out backstage and not having to do anything. Like it mm-hmm. works well for the audience. It works well for his paycheck still. So let's just mm-hmm. keep it, things where they're going. I'm loving what NXT is doing. And so yeah. it's just like, hey, I, I'm okay with that. But anyways, let's get back to it. I want to hear, uh, uh, what, did, what got you posting wrestling content? Cause you came from a YouTube background from something completely different. And then all of a sudden, Heel Hugs pops up and boom, <laughs> he takes over the community.
0: Um, I mean, it's been a crazy ride. Like, I have been a fan for pretty much my whole life. I always wanted to make wrestling content, and now I'm about to dip into the nerdy end of the pool. I, since Let the late go. 90s, have done fantasy booking games. There's a series called Extreme Warfare, <laughs> now Total Extreme Warfare, made by the student Adam Ryland in the UK. But uh, it used to be, like, this really horrible, like, blocky, just text-based Uh, simulator. Okay. And that has now evolved into like better and better games. I actually just came out with one uh, a couple months ago during quarantine, it came out. So that was huge. Um, But I've been playing this game forever. I used to write diaries. (laughs) I'm just waiting for the comments and like the trash talk. I used to write these diaries of like different eras of wrestling. I did one that was like 1994 WWF just randomly. I didn't even watch the WWF in 94. (laughs) I watched it like after the fact through pay-per-views and stuff. Um, but I just, I'd done these my whole life and my dad was always like, you know, you should make videos about this or you should, you know, do something with this. Cause he, my dad, I'll tell you what was like, he would sit there and listen to these storylines for hours. And he would tell me his favorite wrestlers and who I should push. One of his favorite wrestlers that he always told me to push Cody Rhodes. He's a huge Cody Rhodes fan. Um, there you go. Once I got into the, Exactly, uh, and once I got into making YouTube videos, I do a lot of reactions and stuff like that. Me and my wife actually tried doing live reactions to Raw and SmackDown, um, but she's not a wrestling fan at all. So that lasted. That
1: sell though, because it was fun to watch on real. You know, yeah, I would imagine. I'm trying. I was trying to do this kind of the same thing. Well, it's so like it's just like I I love going back and watching those videos. Sorry to cut you off, but
0: yeah. No, you're good. Well, it's like it wasn't like it didn't work because she wasn't a fan. Like people were fine with it. She just didn't want to sit there and watch, you know, yeah. seven hours of wrestling. See, and that should
1: tell you something, Vince McMahon. If you can't bring mm-hmm. in new fans, you got to switch something. Okay. N- no karaoke contest though. I don't think that's the answer either. <laughs> Dude, gotta, I uh,
0: liked the karaoke contest. See, that's the thing. Like I am the most, they should have kicked off the show with it. <sighs> yeah. I do agree. The placement was poor. Or end of hour one, end of yeah. hour
1: one. I would take it that even.
0: Placement not at was the
1: end of the show. Yeah, it's like yeah. really that like, you're expecting people to turn off at that point.
0: I just like I'm such a wrestling purist, and also love the cheesiest, most terrible stuff that probably should never be on Like I love it, but I love it all. That's the problem.
1: My and my biggest gripe with it because I literally went and rewatched it today. I did not watch it live because I was listening about it. I was like, I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I end up watching because I'm cursed. Um, and so I went in and. <laughs> Watched it, and I at least – I don't understand why they have to be in the ring all the time if they know there's no crowd or that it's their own crowd. I would have loved to see that number, that whole karaoke from the Titantron. Give them like an entryway. Make it like a show, like drop the mic or something. Like yeah. Give them like the space. Don't put it in the ring where like it seems like it's supposed to be a match. Make it more of a performance, and they kind of – I don't know. I feel like they just stuck in their ways, and they're just – they don't need microphones anymore. I mean, yes, they kind of do for certain aspects, but they don't need to hold microphones. They can put mics on Mic them like packs it, they have on all this equipment. Yeah. I mean, they have all this equipment. They can do all this, but they're stuck in these ways and it's it's making a, you know. But it's I love I love when it's done right cuz it has been done right in certain aspects.
0: I actually love the the that- Concept though they're talking about, because they could make a lot more use of not even cinematic. People always say cinematic. I look at it as just non-traditional. They could do things differently because they have the freedom to do so with no audiences and like they're 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 not stuck or tethered to the ring or stuff like that. They could do more non-traditional things. Um, and if they would have done the karaoke thing in a more cinematic way, where they just you know pre-taped all of it and had more fun with it. That could have been cool. And Maybe shoot it from a bar. Bars need money right now. Pay them and just let them yeah. use it as a film area instead of a bar. You know,
1: instead of putting Jeff Hardy in one, put the karaoke people. In one. <laughs> yeah, one. I, mean, exactly. I guess the Usos can't really go, but you
0: know, <laughs> going to get in trouble. Hey, Naomi too, right? Didn't she? Uh, yeah. didn't she oh, get in trouble well, she, for that
1: yeah. too? She well, she got. She's the one. The, the, it was the brother that got in trouble. No, um, that's and then she was just driving at one times, but yeah, it was a, uh, it's a, uh, it's hard to make it, but then like the, the inconsistency, what I was going to say is because the fact that you have the street profits and the Viking Raiders on raw do that better for better <laughs> contest, which I, it grew on me like after a few weeks, it's like, okay, now I see what they're doing. And then you don't have a karaoke contest that tries to be more traditional. Like just be consistent. Like you, you can do it with some stuff, but you can't do it with the other stuff. Like, I feel that. I mean, even in the nineties with the hardcore title, like there was moments where it was pre-filmed stuff, but they made it work.
0: Well, like I look at it, I, I do this a lot because of, like marketing and stuff like that. I, I'm a huge fan of marketing. That may sound like a weird thing, but like, I love watching commercials just to see the psychology oh, behind like how people wrestling make commercials fans. Also
1: a huge fan of marketing.
0: <laughs> 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 but Like I look at stuff. I look at segments like the, uh, I can do anything better. And I'm like, as a kid, what is my perspective of this? Is this what is going to make the next generation of fans? Because that's the type of stuff kids are into. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm like, if I was a kid watching this, this would be the best part of Raw for me.
1: The karaoke contest?
0: No, the Better Than You. The, the oh, Viking the better, Raiders the and the... Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see the street that. Because I was
1: saying, like, the, the karaoke contest, like, I love good karaoke sessions. <laughs> I love bad karaoke sessions. But mm-hmm. it's meant to be at a bar, like, you know, where you can have a couple yeah. drinks and sit and be like, okay, this was fun. I'm going to go home now. And it's yeah. just like it's it's not meant to be like an overdoing it and or something that I expect to see wrestlers do. Like if you're that. gonna make them sing, at least get the good ones to sing. And a couple, you know,
0: Naomi's it was, a it singer. <laughs> is doesn't she have an album out or something?
1: I guess. I mean, where was the, I guess Elias is injured. I forgot. Yeah, I was like, there you, you get get the people that are like known for it. Bring back Enzo. Uh,
0: bring back Jillian Hall. Um, so. I, just, I messed myself up with the Jillian Hall reference. I can't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, the Dusty. What, what did you think of the Dusty tribute? How the in the karaoke part?
1: Uh, I mean, it's. I don't know whether it's supposed to be a shot or not. Like, cause at Cody with everything, like it, it happened during the weeks of the Great American Bash when Cody had mm-hmm. already came out on the first night wearing the Cody Rhodes and the Dusty and the Great American Bash font. And then in Fighter Fat Fe- or uh, Great American Bash Night Two, we saw the Bionic Elbow by Bronson Reed, and they actually yeah. made a reference like, "Oh, that's Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer, Dusty Rhodes," like a yeah. tribute. And then I, I feel like they're just pushing the narrative that, "Hey, Dusty Rhodes is ours. Dusty Rhodes is ours. Cody is just Cody. He's not Cody Rhodes," and that's just kind of what they want. Like it's Vince being petty. It's pettiness. And but Dusty's great, and they have his rights, and they can flaunt that. So I mean. I mean, I, it just I, sucks to do it, but, it's, you know, they're going to mark it.
0: Any time that Dusty is referenced on TV is good. Personally, I feel like his legacy is one that needs to be remembered, that needs to be respected. I feel like anyone that had a connection to NXT, it's way more genuine to have yeah. them do a tribute to him because he meant so much to so many. Um yeah. So I, I thought it was cool personally. I marked for it. I didn't even think of it as a shot against Cody until after the fact. But I'm also not like a cynic, you know. I didn't was like, oh, they're, you know. I, I am an AEW fanboy, but I'm not that type of AEW fanboy where I think everything is an attack against AEW. Um, yeah. But I liked it. I thought it was good.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, and it, it's never done, like I said. I don't want to make it seem like it's ever done poorly, but it's it's the timing, and they're gonna. Yeah. It's just like. It's just like what NXT was able to air two weeks before aew on uh, Wednesday night. It's not because they had to. it's because they could, and yep. that's just what Vince does. It's not because he has to, but it's because he can.
0: but it makes it better like i I want Vince to be leader yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, it's like, I'm just like, I want Vince to be bitter because I want NXT to be awesome. When Vince was like bitter and they got a, or they got NXT on TV early, those shows were great. They had some Mm -hmm. awesome programming. Um, Kevin, uh, our friend Kevin talked about this, about how they front loaded NXT a lot, how they brought in like all these amazing matches and all this stuff uh, to, to kind of power them up. And I was like, I'm all for that. I would totally buy into that.
1: I don't care if – yeah, some of it had to be rushed and bring people in for these quick matchups. It made it good because then you got storylines that were quick and fast, and they were getting used to that kind of schedule. And they didn't have to do the house shows. So I feel like their matches were a lot more fresh. The problem yeah. I'm seeing right now with a lot of the main – well, not anymore, but when the main shows were doing the house shows too is it gets in that moment where it doesn't feel fresh all the time.
0: I get that. I feel that.
1: And so, but like NXT though, like they're, they, I don't know. I've always loved the way NXT does it and they've just been killing it. They always have been. I'm surprised. Are you surprised the numbers are so low on Wednesday nights or were you expecting something (laughs) like this? With. Uh, Not that they're saying they're low. I mean, it's about between 700,000 and 900,000.
0: I mean, with Corona, all the numbers are down. So it's kind of hard in general to, especially like AEW was just really getting into its stride, um, you know, and then this happens and all the numbers are going down. So it's kind of difficult yeah. to say with, with how wrestling is right now, like companies are closing because they can't, you know, deal with it. Uh, people are, are turning off Raw and SmackDown and record numbers, let alone the smaller or lesser known shows, you know? So it's hard for me to say like how I feel about that because of the circumstances. Okay. Personally. I'm also not a demo guy. I'm not like, you know, I get where Jericho is trying to talk about, well, we're winning in the 18 to 49 demo. It's like, people don't care. Like, yeah, if you're like an insider, you might specifically drill down. But for the most part, the casual fan's going to say this person's winning, this person's losing. And that's just what you have to go for. You know, you have to shoot for that Mm -hmm. number.
1: It's and like we tell people on TikTok all the time, it doesn't matter who's winning or losing as long as we're enjoying it. It's all exactly. that matters. It's entertainment. The war days were the best days of wrestling, mm-hmm. especially in the days of the main fight and the post days. We had, especially after WCW, WWF got out of it, it was like 12 years of great, great wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then even then it still, it has its moments. So it's, it's amazing. And now going into the more wrestling moments, Uh, I know I made a video recently of my uh, Mount Rushmore of WWE figureheads. Have you been able to get your Mount Rushmore put together hugs?
0: I did not make my video yet because I was very busy making these horribly, quickly put together one graphic that I made. Uh (laughs) (laughs) looks great,
1: though. I don't have anything different.
0: I uh, I have it in mind, like who my Mount Rushmore is. I just haven't put the video out, but it will be on my YouTube channel soon. Make sure you're subscribing to myself and the Macho Fan over on YouTube. Our links will all be in the description. I mean, that's kind of how everybody does it.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I make sure. Like, if you guys do want to check out mine, mine is already out there, uh, but I will go over it too. Uh, but hugs. Like, who who will be the first figurehead on your Mount Rushmore if you <sighs> just WWE figureheads? what would your number one figurehead or at least the first base of the figurehead?
0: So this is what we had talked about. Yours was a little bit different than mine. I, I would say the first person has to be mentioned would be Vince McMahon. But for me, I believe McMahon built the Mount Rushmore uh, of the people that will be mentioned in the future, but he would be the first person I have to mention.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cause that's, that's mine too. Cause like, uh, like we are saying, I ba- based my Mount Rushmore off the actual Mount Rushmore st- Uh, history and the Rushmore actual history was built on uh, it was built on the belief of growth origins preservation and development and so based on the origins of the WWE I had to give it to Vince McMahon. like we can't deny like if for you or for especially for either building the WWE or being on the figurehead Vince McMahon cannot be forgotten it is his brainchild he (laughs) has to be referenced in this in this motion right here uh, and who else would you put on their Mount Rushmore?
0: So it's been really tough for me trying to think of not just like the biggest names in the company and like who I think is actually like made the most impact on the company. So I think you can't have a Mount Rushmore with the WWE without the undertaker.
1: Without the undertaker. Yeah. I mean, one of the main guys that his main, uh, main career was with the WWE. That's an interesting choice, but it's not mm-hmm. an, uh, not an off-putting one for sure. Uh, he, especially since his career just ended, and after that, such a great ride that he's had. That's, yeah, that's that's a great pick. Uh, I was not expecting that one.
0: I feel like uh, he's I, a pillar of the community and a locker room leader.
1: Yeah, that, that, especially the locker room leader. I've heard only numerous times where people either looked up to The Undertaker, and now in his new interviews, where Undertaker's come out, being like, people came and talked to me, and I was able to either tell them, yeah, that's a good idea, or no, and then it made, it made him... that figurehead where people Mm -hmm. thought he was part of the authority without having to be that. For sure. Uh, And so uh, I was, um, I'm going to put for my second one, I had to go with Hulk Hogan just because you wouldn't have wrestling where we were today without Hulk Hogan, even though in his later years, it's, he has this, all this controversy. You can't deny when he was in, it was the biggest thing. It was a global icon before global icons. He was the first one, who was in movies on a regular basis? The first wrestler to leave the WWF to go to Hollywood, and then when he went to WCW, it changed the numbers to the point where yeah. he what? It was like if Peyton, Man- like Tom Brady, we're seeing it now. Tom Brady leaves to go to the Bucks. It's like now nah, it's the crowd base goes with him type of thing. Yeah. For and sure. So, like I, that's I just I hate putting him up there though. I just hate. But with that's when I remember watching wrestling when I was a kid. My grandma when I, when she found out I started getting back into it, she was like, That's the one she remembered was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And so I found out like I bonded with my grandma more because she used to watch Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper and like would just watch them some nights and just on TV because there was nothing else on. And so like I learned new things about like my family with that. And so I just knew how big Hulk Hogan was and I can't not give him credit for that. I feel he like is there's a lot of things of wrestling.
0: I feel sorry, country. I feel like there's a large part of the country that like you're they were either like a Hogan fan or a Flair fan. Like some people think Flair was the height of popularity, and other people think Hogan was the height of popularity. Like it's kind of weird because I'll see some people that'll swear that Ric Flair was more popular than Hulk Hogan ever was. I don't see that, but yeah. I've heard that argument made.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it too. I I see. It, I think it might. I might be on the other half of the, the Hogan half. Uh, I don't see a lot of those those Ric Flair people. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ric Flair was great, but I wouldn't put him on a WWE Mount Rushmore. I feel like he's done great for wrestling as a whole, but I wouldn't put Ric Flair on my Mount Rushmore for WWE.
0: So my Mount Rushmore... So, so looking at the way that you did yours, okay? Hogan was your popularity pick, essentially, right? Like you have to have him the on The growth there a-
1: of the business. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So I, I kind of broke this down my own type of way. Vince McMahon is a man who built it. Undertaker is the backbone of the business, and he's like a constant, right? So my next mm-hmm. pick was the popularity pick. And for that, Stone Cold Steve Austin. As there much as you can go. say about Hulk Hogan – in his era you can say the same for stone cold steve austin who brought the largest ratings in the history of professional wrestling to the business you know what i mean so i kind of i didn't want to do the whole like these are the most popular people type of thing i i wanted to kind of have my own criteria so austin's my popularity pick
1: popular i I would not disagree with that Uh... I have a little spoiler about that later, but we, my next <laughs> one is I'm going off of is the developmental side. And so I just, tr- I try to pick who was the most, and I was torn between this pick um, because it, there's two people I had in mind for this. And it was just, who did I feel took wrestling and made it something completely different. And I went with Brett the Hitman Hart mainly because of what he was able to do with technical wrestling. The fact that he was able to make submissions a, a major staple in the community. The fact that he could trigger, like he can go after your legs, and that it mattered in the end of the match. He was never really the biggest guy, but he knew the pressure point. He he could make you finagle your body and make it actually look like it was painful. And when you're, it it just took what wrestling was and made it something completely different and something like more of like an MMA style where you had to defend against. It wasn't just standing suplexes and throwing against the ropes and backhands and forearms. And so I had to go with uh Brett the Hitman heart there, but I I felt so bad leaving out Dusty Rhodes because what well, Dusty Rhodes was able to provide for everything in the in the wrestling world.
0: See, like when we had spoken about this, Dusty would be on my wrestling Hall of Fame or my wrestling Mount Rushmore, but not my WWE Mount Rushmore. But yeah. I do have a, a similar criteria for my my next spot, um, which is like a developmental type thing. It's it's best for business, okay? Mm-hmm. Triple H, because oh, I feel like yeah. he is a great performer who has evolved throughout the history of the sport, especially in the WWE. He's been a part of some of the largest stables uh, that have brought, you know, countless fans to the sport and countless moments. He, his work backstage just in WWE has been great. And also his work with NXT is building the future of the company. So I think Triple H is that development spot for me.
1: That is a great pick. Uh, Triple H, one of those faces that, was able to make himself a part mm-hmm. of the wwe history like he was one of those go-getters from being we were talking about earlier hunter hearst helmsley and then going on to kidnapping stephanie and marrying her on a whim just to mm-hmm. get spite from vince mcmahon and test like it's just like Dope. he was able to put himself in wwe history and uh, that's a really great pick there uh I'm, I'm sad I didn't pick him, because my last one, uh, I, could, I couldn't go with just one last person. I had to pick two, because I feel like these two people went hand in hand. Um, without one, without the two people is The Rock and Stone Cold. And granted, like you were saying, with Stone Cold, it was at the height of popularity when Stone Cold was champion. Um, but one of the things that I had to put The Rock in there, too, is The Rock was able to be in that time and survive and then come out even more on top. Because if you look at even The Rock right now, he's the most highest paid actor in the history of acting at this point. And he can come back at WWE anytime and be most over Like he's still in shape. He still got it. Like he he could do it all. And so I had to put for like the Rock and Stone Cold because they are they preserved the wrestling history. Like that mm-hmm. attitude era is what is engraved in most wrestling fans' minds.
0: I would have to completely agree with that. And it's hard to pick because it's more of a it's more of a time than a person. You know what I mean? Like you're you're putting those two people but it's just that element of time on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I
1: like that. Man, we one of our future episodes we're going to have to go back and watch some of those episodes cuz for those are that those that's the time that man I miss
0: those times. So, are you ready for my last because Vince McMahon's not on my my Mount Rushmore, he's the builder. I lap. know you got one more. Are you prepared for probably the most out of left field person? You will, uh, you will oh, never guess this if man. I gave you a hundred guesses. It was actually the oh, t shirt that I wore earlier today, I was wearing it before the podcast and made videos in it. Uh
1: oh, let's see. Uh, no, Andre the Giant. It. Andre the Giant, oh my goodness. All right, I can't wait to hear why. Why Andre the, Andre the Giant and the Mount Rushmore?
0: Because not only is he arguably one of the most instantly memorable, like recognizable characters in the history of the WWE, if you bring up Hulk Hogan's name synonymous with that, Hulk Hogan's greatest moment of his career would mean nothing if it weren't for Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant represents what I told you was my favorite favorite thing about professional wrestling, the thing that I remember from my first show I ever went to, he epitomizes spectacle. He was the larger than life character that created the love affair for all other larger than life characters. If it weren't for Andre, I wouldn't care about the giant as much. I wouldn't care about Kali and all these other guys. Andre was that guy that I always envisioned, where you had that interview with McMahon talking up to it. You know what I mean? Like there's just all these iconic moments. Grabbing Mean Gene's head like a peanut. Exactly. And then you have. Even uh, the
1: peanut line.
0: There you go. Peanut. Yeah, There you go. You have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You have all these different things that Andre has touched the business even after his unfortunate passing at, at, for me, a young age for him. Um, And he lived his life in pain and he lived his life in ridicule. You hear the stories that he was treated so poorly for being this monstrous character. But you got to think of how many people's hearts and minds he had touched. He deserves a spot on that uh, Mount Rushmore for WWE.
1: That's beautiful. Like that's I couldn't even set any better. That is amazing. That's your Mount Rushmore beats my Mount Rushmore. All right, <laughs> blow it up. Where's the TNT? Start over. We're giving this. Who are giving this land back?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I hopefully I can shoot that video and get that up before this goes live. So make sure if you want to go watch. that you did it in the future before this maybe if not go watch my full reasoning for all my stuff make sure to check out sandy's video over on his channel because i tell you what the most energetic wrestling content creator by far i always i am never bored watching your videos i will say that
1: oh thank you i try that's the one thing i try not to do is because i see so many videos out there where i'm just like okay get to the point (laughs) so i just try to hit it i just try to hit the points Oh, yeah, so it's been fun. But this has been a lot of fun. Um It's
0: been a good time. I
1: I think this has wraps up our first episode right here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. we would definitely be making more, it sounds like.
0: It's going to be a fun time and uh, make sure to comment. If you are from TikTok, if you found us from TikTok, let us know that in the comments. We definitely want to see where, where people are coming from. Let us know what other stuff you'd like us to talk about. We aren't really a recap and review show. We're not really an interview wrestler show. We have friends that do that and they do it way better than we ever could. We're just two exactly. wrestling fans trying to have fun, hanging out. Hopefully you're enjoying it uh, and we'll have more videos soon. I think we're going to try to do this two times a week.
1: Yeah, that sounds good that sounds like a plan to me. Uh and we definitely will go over big moments. Uh but other than that, like like what Hugs was saying, we just we wanna have fun with the fans. So just come hang out with us. For sure.
0: Keep it easy, K Fabians. That's not our end tagline, yeah, but I'm just gonna easy. say it. <laughs> All right.
1: But other than that, I am the macho fan, Sandy Rabbit. You can find me anywhere on uh, Instagram, TikTok.